Welcome to Mortification of Spin, the casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Welcome to Mortification of Spin. My name's Carl Truman, Professor of Biblical and Religious Studies here at Grove City College in Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm here with my usual co-host, Todd Pruitt, pastor of the PCA Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Welcome, Todd. Thank you. And Amy Bird, the housewife theologian from Virginia. Hello, Amy. I am from Maryland. You know, it's you you are one scary woman, Amy. It's not Virginia. It's funny because it's true. Yeah, Um, spiritually, you're from Virginia. (laughs) The evil laugh. Are you from West Virginia originally? No, No, I'm originally from Maryland. Maryland. But you you have a West Virginia connection. I lived there for 11 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Among the marauding bands of uh, cannibalistic troglodytes. He just likes saying troglodytes. I do. Troglodytic cannibals. (laughs) I think that's how he first introduced me in the very first interview we've ever done. Yeah, yeah, that episode that you came to and never went away from. He was the one with the evil laugh the whole time. That is true. Were you saying you've been with us since since 2013? Yes. Yeah. It seems like you've been with us since like 1992. Can you believe it? That's how it feels for me as well. Yeah, I know. You hitched your star to the wrong wagon. I'll tell you what, a lot's changed since then too. I noticed today that Todd has nice shoes on. Yeah, yeah. What is going shoes on? have never been his strong. Let yep. me have a look. Let me have a look. He's got some decent Let, shoes have a look. on. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. They're, they're Clarks. Actually. They're Clarks. They have laces uh-huh. and they, soles. They have laces. Yep. Uh, and they look as if they're made yeah, out of. So there you go. Made out of an appropriate here? leather substance. Yes, as well. they are. Very Absolutely. good. Very good. Uh-huh. What do you uh-huh. know? Yeah. They are not canvas or. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you showing me some shoes last year. You were very proud of them, and I'm thinking. He paid money for those. <laughs> Good grief. Well, anything that's not those, Oxford. Those were my Jack Purcell uh, uh, Converse. Who's Jack Purcell? It's a classic yeah. shoe. It's Is a it? classic yes. shoe. Really? Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. Americans They're are very... old school, man. Americans, oh, yeah. Americans are very easily satisfied. That's James Dean wore saying. those things, mister. Carl, you need to move outside of your Oxford box. Yeah, please. <laughs> and, and, and again, for me to take advice from a man who wears pink pants and mustard yellow pants... Uh, hey, nah. my, my pants are legendary. Todd prefers cargo I have no shorts. doubt about it. That's right. <laughs> I, I am a legend. Hey, listen, I just think it's remarkable that I'm not wearing cargo shorts today. I, I was walking. What is going on today? This? He's yep. got full-blown pants on yep. and nice shoes. I was walking past the legendary Dr. Warren Throckmorton the other day ah, on yes. campus uh-huh. in my red pants. And he looked at me and I said, hey, Warren. And he looked at me and he said, great pants straight on man I hope he doesn't expose me on his blog as a red pant wearer (laughs) well when somebody says that Carl that's like walking by somebody and you're wearing an awful tie and they say great tie okay Okay. Okay. it's always sarcastic yeah so eventually we gotta talk theology here yeah well I want to talk about uh, the importance of theology and how one might go about teaching it or particularly talk about a book that's come out recently that I'm very impressed with in terms of uh what I would say is a, a, a sort of textbook of theology. Yeah. Give a little bit of background. Mm-hmm. About uh, just over 20 years ago, 1997, 1998, I was filling in for my then head of department at the University of Nottingham, Dr. Anthony Thistleton, Tony Thistleton, ah, yes. the famous hermeneutics uh, scholar. He was on study leave, and I had to teach his introduction to systematic theology course. 
It was the worst course I've ever taught. And I've taught some stinkers, I'm sure, in my time. But this was, sure. this was the one that I hated most. And there were numerous problems with the course. One, I hadn't got a clue what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. That's a big problem. Yeah. Two, problem. I always feel that when you teach any course, you need two good textbooks. Mm -hmm. You need a textbook to teach from. And you need a textbook to prepare from yeah. if, you, if you're operating in an area that isn't quite your own area. Mm -hmm. So the students think you know what you're talking about <laughs> because you're doing more than replicate the textbook. See, uh, see. But you're also guiding them through a, a good textbook. Mm -hmm. I could not find a good textbook to teach theology from. Mm -hmm. And it was not, you know, the University of Nottingham, it was mainline. So I was right. not being asked to teach confessional theology. Right. This was introduced students to the basic themes, concerns, and issues in contemporary theology. And I was torn between the rather older, very heavy volume, Otto Weber's uh, Foundations of Dogmatics, okay. which is a massive quasi-Bartian tome, mm -hmm. two, two hefty volumes in the Erdmann's translation, the Gouda translation, uh, which was just too long and too elaborate. Right. Or Daniel Miliore's Faith-Seeking Understanding, yep, which was this sort of... It was okay, but it was a rather bland Bartian rehash. That's what I got in my first yeah. seminary class on theology. I'd want to say at this point, when I choose a textbook for a course, agreeing with the content of the textbook is never my priority. Right. That's, it's great if I can do that, sure. but what I really want from a textbook is a textbook that knows the key issues mm -hmm. and lays them out clearly in a way that the students can grab hold of and that I, as teacher, can teach from. Mm -hmm. Right. I could not find a book like mm -hmm. that. Recently, I came across this introducing evangelical theology mm -hmm. by the Wheaton systematic theology professor, Dan, Daniel Drake J. Trier. I, I follow Daniel's stuff uh, over the years. He, he wrote a very good introduction to theological interpretation. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked in another episode about the recovery of classical theism in, in evangelicalism and reform circles. And a part of that has been a recovery of, of theological interpretation, that we're moving simply beyond redemptive historical categories mm -hmm. to, to deeper metaphysics that lie behind the biblical text yeah. interpretation. and interpretation. And Professor Trier has been instrumental in that, in that movement. So it was, uh, I was thrilled to mm -hmm. see that he'd finally produced uh, uh, a book introducing, uh, it's called Introducing Evangelical Theology. It's published by uh, Baker Academic, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a few hundred pages long, but I've been reading through it and tremendously impressed with yeah. with helpful. what he does here. Both mm -hmm. the tone, it's it's a very yeah. uh, winsome and, and charitable tone, very, very clear in the way he lays out issues, uh, very helpful and fruitful in the way he dialogues with others from other traditions, mm -hmm. uh, and very judicious, I think, in many of the conclusions mm -hmm. that he comes to. So yeah. I wanted to talk today about why is it important that lay people yeah. learn theology mm -hmm. and how would a book like this help you for example construct a sunday school class in your mm -hmm. church or, or a little study reading group uh, right. in your church i've been thinking about uh you know training teachers you know lay teachers in the yeah. church i think a book like this would be really foundational in helping to train the teachers of our sunday school mm -hmm. classes our small groups Mm -hmm. to have a foundational understanding. Uh, one thing I'm noticing, we have the language down uh, for soteriology. Mm -hmm. um, we know that language, we're familiar with it in the Reformed Church, but just the whole theological language, right. retrieval from mm -hmm. the, the past, right. and um, 
we have a need for that in seeking a, a coherent teaching mm-hmm. of biblical revelation. Yeah. And this book gives you that grammar so well. And I just think of everybody in the church, what interpretive communities they're, they're coming from. The church should be the interpretive community, mm-hmm. but where are they getting their grammar? Mm-hmm. Christian radio, talk radio. Right. Popular um, worship songs. Yeah, uh, parachurch organizations. Mm-hmm. We've got all the self-care language yeah. out there. Um, we've got even the language in contemporary Christian music. Yeah. Um, we've lost a grammar, mm-hmm. a theological grammar. Yeah, I, w- when I was first starting to, to move through the book, one of my very first thoughts was, uh, Carl, you mentioned uh, Migliori's book, uh, Faith Seeking Understanding. That was mm. my first first text in seminary for uh, an introduction to systematic theology. And I remembered reflecting back on that book, and it is, it's basically Bardianism, kind of, you know, Karl Barth light, um, which, which was my seminary at that time. Yeah. Um, uh, and from that perspective, it's a good book. Sure. It's a clear introduction to right. a deviant form of theology. Right, exactly. And the first thought I had as I started working through this book was, oh, this is such a better introduction to yeah. theology. And um, he does it in a beguilingly simple way. Here's the historic Protestant understanding. Here's the Roman Catholic understanding. Here's the Bardian understanding. Here's the um, a reformed understanding of this. And uh, he lays it out very simply with, uh, in a lot of these sections, a pretty impressive economy of words. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good glossary. Yes, yes. In the back of the book mm-hmm. for all of these yep. words. It's a really good reference work yeah. that I would even recommend to the literate layperson who likes to read mm-hmm. uh, to use this oh, as a yeah. reference work mm-hmm. um, in, you know, Amy, you talk about, you know, developing a, a more grammar. robust theological mm-hmm. grammar. And of course, we, we want to do that because theology, when it's done well, means that we are engaging substantively with the scriptures. And within covenant community mm-hmm. i think that's a big mm-hmm. plus to this book is that it isn't just me going in my house and pulling whatever book off my bookshelf or looking mm-hmm. whoever up and learning theology or yeah. re- just me and my but the bible is a covenantal document mm-hmm. it's not just an individual thing while right. it's important to read our bibles at home and privately our interpretive community is mm-hmm. not only our local church but the church of the past right right and so it locates us past present future mm-hmm. I think that's a big theme in here right. that's really yep. very needed right now in the church because we have such an individualistic view of right. Bible reading and even developing mm-hmm. theology. And, you know, one of the interesting things, I, I had this thought several times as I was reading the book, is I do not know if the author is Reformed or not. He, he's Protestant, but I don't know where he is. I think in he's term- a member of the Evangelical Presbyterian oh, okay. Church. He's so he'd be on the Reformed mm-hmm. spectrum. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, way. what was interesting is I, I felt like he, he does such a fair job of presenting viewpoints that aren't his. Mm-hmm. You know, I think as I was reading his explanation of Roman Catholic perspective on these various things, I kept thinking, you know what, I think any educated Roman Catholic would say, that's really fair. That's a fair representation. I know some Bardians. I was educated largely by Bardians. His description of the Bardian interpretation throughout is spot on. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that was that, that, that stood out to me as I was going through and he was offering these historic Protestant perspectives on, on these various issues is I kept having these moments of, yeah, that's why I'm reformed. Yep, mm-hmm. that's why I'm reformed. And this is a, a book that I think can be used uh, profitably in a reformed church yeah. without pastors feeling threatened that this uh, might confuse them. I mean, again, you know, I kept having these moments of yeah, you know, I still believe that. I'm, I'm still reformed. I still hold 
to that in, in contrast to the other views that he presents, I think, very fairly. Yeah. I mean, I think it does a good job of presenting what I would describe as the Catholic roots of Reformed yes. theology mm-hmm. while not selling out the distinctive, and I would regard it as distinctive superiority, yes. ultimately, of Reformed theology right. to other, other forms. Mm-hmm. There are traditions of Reformed theology, and they're probably the same traditions in other traditions mm-hmm. as well, that basically assert the superiority of Reformed theology by demonstrating how everybody else has always been completely wrong from the word go. Yeah, and stupid. and Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is an utterly incoherent way of doing it right. because Reformed theology emerges over time <laughs> from these other groups exactly. and not right. merely by an act of antithesis of and rejection mm-hmm. right. but also by acts of appropriation and development. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah. good theology did not all of a sudden appear yeah, in the 16th yeah, century. Yeah, that touches on another area. He doesn't deal with this so much explicitly, but one of the things I come across regularly in teaching the ancient church when I taught it at seminary, not mm-hmm. so much when I taught it at seminary, but really here now I'm teaching it in, in among college kids, coming often from good, faithful, Protestant, evangelical church backgrounds. One of the things that they find most disturbing when you you hit the early church Mm -hmm. is how little of what they understand as Christian doctrine yeah. appears to be there in the second century. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the doctrine of the Trinity, mm-hmm. uh, the doctrine of the Incarnation. Mm-hmm. None of these things exist in the second century in the form, uh, conceptual forms in which we would express them today. Yeah. And one of the difficulties they find is, well, you know, we've been told by our home church that the Scripture is perspicuous and clear, the yeah. Scripture is sufficient. So how come when we read the Didache, mm-hmm. it seems so non-Christian right. in some ways. And I think what uh, Professor Trier does very well is, without elaborating a theory of development, he shows how Christian doctrine develops and is refined over time, particularly mm-hmm. in his, um, his approach to uh, the doctrine of the Trinity, which he you know, takes as the, the chapters on the triune name of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And he really presents the emergence of the, the, con- the concept of the Trinity as the church wrestling with okay. uh, the fact that God is one, which is yeah. basic, but also that there's a baptismal formula that calls on the threefold right. name. And uh, the church has always believed, if you like, from the first century, that God is three and God is one. Mm-hmm. How the threeness and right. the oneness were tied together, that's the that's question. That's where the debate is. And he does a really good job, I think, mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in A, showing how the, the idea develops and gets clarified, and B, never losing sight of the fact that this was a doxological issue. Right. That it's to do with the praise of the church, and it's mm-hmm. that that drives the formulation of the Trinity. Right. Not some abstract interest mm-hmm. in metaphysics, though metaphysics okay. play a significant mm-hmm. part of the resolution. That's not the motivating factor. That's simply something that is brought in to help make sense of the cry of praise, Jesus is Lord, and the baptism uh, using the threefold name. Mm -hmm. I do have one pushback. Um, It's the cover. Um, Even though it's (laughs) groundbreaking in the the sense that it doesn't have a subtitle, doesn't need one. Mm. Yes. Um, This picture on the front, the the Annunciation to the Shepherds, look at the knees. Of these people. Oh, those are oh, bad knees. Gosh, those Terrible. Are, I had not yeah. noticed that. Saggy gonna, knees. Yeah. I was wondering if you were going to say it looked like something that might have been on the front of a liberation theology text <laughs> from the true, 1970s. That is. Yeah, <laughs> that, it, yeah the knees, it does have that. I mean, the really. Knees could have done better oh. there. Now, now, see, at this point, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah. At this point, 
I can't not notice it now every it's time all, I look at that's, it. Okay, yeah. that's what I've been dealing with. Tony. Yeah, those are yeah. horrific. It's all I can see um, are the knees. The eyeballs seem to go to the very sides of the head. And the toes. Well. The toes are a little concerning. They only have. As well. It's, it's very much of a Simpsons them. thing. They only have three it or four toes. It makes me wonder since yeah. you know that's the picture picked. He does such a great job in the creation chapter. Yeah. In going, fact, I wonder if the Simpsons. Did, did, did the Simpsons animator, is he responsible for this picture? Because it looks like they only have four fingers. I don't think oh, you'll ever get no. a contract with Baker, you know, to talk to <laughs> like that. So, uh. Well, he goes through all the, you know, approaches to creation, um, yeah. you know, whether we're talking mm-hmm. old Earth, new mm-hmm. Earth. He goes through these kind of current debates right. very well. But yeah. then when I look at this picture in the front, I think <laughs> with the toes, I'm thinking... What his views must be. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to spend some time on that. Yeah. The knees he, and the his toes. His must be the evolution view. And, because exactly. Because, because they, clearly. They only have three toes here. Yeah. Humanity has changed since then. Our knees have tightened up. Yeah. Things and we've have developed, really we've evolved. developed more toes and fingers. Yeah. So this is really, I think, the key in understanding this book. This yeah. might be the Rosetta Stone. It's kind of a code. For understanding the whole book. The cover is a code. Uh-huh. Well, you are a conspiracy theorist, Tom. <laughs> this is true. Maybe there's something here about who killed Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Beneath exactly. The so a couple of ideas on how this book can be used yeah. uh, for, for the church. Training, I think in training lay teachers. Training yeah. teachers. I really think that would yeah. be a mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. resource. I mean, I, yep. yeah, and I think if you're preparing a Sunday school class on theology or some aspect of theology, right. let's say your minister says, can you teach us a class on the Trinity? Yeah. Or on how the gospel is understood in different Christian traditions mm-hmm. in order to to locate us and so yeah. we can see why we believe the things we do. Mm-hmm. This book is great for that. Yep. And it's well footnoted. Mm-hmm. So if you want well, to pursue yeah. it further, there's plenty of extra reading. Mm-hmm. I love and the, the glossary is extremely the gl- helpful. Yes. And the beginning of each chapter, he gives the thesis of the chapter. Right. I loved it that at the beginning of the book, he gives a thesis of each chapter. Mm-hmm. Like a one-sentence thesis. One sentence, yes. How hard is that to do for a writer? Right. Yeah. For each chapter, I just thought, that's brilliant. Yeah. I couldn't yep. even do that. And then he has learning objectives for each mm-hmm. chapter. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks very much like the way that syllabuses are going. And yeah. that's right. not a cri- By the way, I don't mean that as a criticism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's very helpful on syllabuses to have the targets, the things mm-hmm. that you're aiming to do. Whether you mm-hmm. achieve them or not is another question, but it, it helps provide the reader or mm-hmm. the student with a roadmap of what's going on in the class. Mm-hmm. Very good. And I think some of the chapters reading the introduction were clearly floated or tested as Sunday school classes. Yeah. So yeah. this is not material. Mm-hmm. It's material, I think, that will stretch the average churchgoer, yeah. but will. will not be beyond the grasp of the average right. churchgoer. No, and I think that I it won't be beyond the grasp in a first reading. They're going to get a lot to glean out of it, mm-hmm. but then to go back and read mm-hmm. and come back to again and again, I, th- I, th- I think you'll get more and more out of it probably yeah. as you're learning the grammar. Yeah. 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 So once again, good work from uh, Baker Academic. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. heard good things about them, Carl. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they've just uh, signed uh, somebody else for a second book, I believe. How about uh, that? So Crazy. I-, I hope that this person who's writing another book for Baker Academic will do a decent job. I have full confidence. The man's a genius. So it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> shouldn't be a problem. Uh, is, is there anything you all would like to, to know from me? Just again, in exploring the issue of what it's like to not write a book? Yeah. Because um, yeah. I'd be happy to talk about that. I have a lot of free time. It, oh, it is so rewarding mm-hmm. in free time to not be writing a book. Mm-hmm. Do you struggle with feelings of inferiority when you're in the presence of people like Amy and myself? Well, it, it, you know, that is an interesting question because I frequently struggle with feelings of inadequacy when I'm around people, but strangely not when I'm around either of you. <laughs> so that's what's weird. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Um, well, we're happy that you joined us. 
<laughs> I wish Amy would just shut up, you know. It's getting a bit tiresome. <laughs> Oh, well, the poor and, listeners have to keep listening. I know, to that but let's see. Sound. Here's what we're doing. This is we'll trying to get rid of you, but you won't go away. I Carl and I listeners. are performing a service. Carl and I are performing a service here. Are we you? are showing that it is possible to be a woman and to endure this kind of cruel harassment with with good humor. Hmm. Yeah. Possible. It's yeah, possible. It's possible. It's possible. So, but is it edifying? <laughs> Well, we're glad you joined us today. When you get a chance, go over to our website, mortificationofspin.org, and uh, you can register to win a copy of Daniel, uh, is it Trier or Trier? I'm going to say Trier, but... Well, hopefully anyway. that doesn't offend. T R E I E R. That's yes. the name to yes. type into Amazon or wherever you're yes. going to buy the so book. So Daniel Trier, uh, and his book, uh, his his very very excellent book, introducing evangelical theology from Baker Academic. Yeah, once you get past the knees, you've great. got exactly. Once you get past the knees on the front picture, you're going to really enjoy the book. We're happy to commend it to you. And if you go over to mortificationofspin.org, you can register to win a copy. And while you're there, think about making a contribution. Uh, to the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals so that they can continue to offer such outstanding content like the Mortification of Spin. Look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin. Mortification of Spin.